Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Zone Time. We're a fun internet show where I'd like to think if you trusted each of us with the Stanley Cup, we wouldn't dent it. That's not true. Well, yeah, we dented immediately. Yeah. Well, I'd yeah. like just I'd like just to be optimistic about that. I'm Julian. <laughs> Justin Cuthbert is here. Sam Chang is here. Uh, Tic Tac Tomar is also here. Uh, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche on winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, shout out to Sam, uh, who uh, roots for the Colorado Avalanche, not the Vancouver Canucks, uh, on her team winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, of course, uh, she is repping a Joe Sackick uni. Uh, very stylish. Very nice. Sam, how does it feel to cheer for a winning team? Omar was brought, brought this up before we started. You are the first Zone Time member uh, to see their team win the Stanley Cup. Congratulations. Thank you. It feels great. I got, I actually took so much flack from Canucks fans last night being like, yeah, but you cheer for like two, three teams. And I was like, yeah, it feels great. I feel no shame about this. <laughs> Am I supposed to feel bad about that? Because I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? Like I'm, I'm, I'm just making jokes and just like hating, but like, I'm sure there are people in purists who think, you know, Hey, you should only cheer for one team. You should only suffer for one team. But the beauty of sports is, is that you're allowed to, cheer for more than one team if you really want like I mean, who cares but think about it i had to cheer for the canucks and the abs when they came in 29th and 30th yeah like i also had mm. double the misery yeah. so i don't feel bad about it yeah man like i just remember that year i forgot what season it was when like colorado had like 49 points or something like oh with were they bad and then, like, people are calling for, like, Joe Sackick's job. Like, I remember having, like, so many conversations. Like, I don't know how he's still, like, employed. Like, it was bad. But then, again, just to see, like, that point and to see them now, again, like, when when it got announced, when, like, McKinnon wrote a rose raising the cup, like, I, I thought of that quote from last year. And it's just, like, you know, he finally won something. There are so many people on that team who finally got, like, their, you know, their, their moments with the cup. There are more moments as a champion. So, it's, like... Yeah, and Sam brought it up like a couple episodes ago. Like the Colorado Avalanche are a team that have done it right. They've they've drafted, they have developed, they managed the cap, they made some unbelievable trades that literally paid off. It paid off in this playoff run. So like, it, it's such such a deserving team, and it's honestly it's it's so sick for them to win. Absolutely, um, Cuff. Uh, I know we talked about uh, this uh, Avalanche victory on the Iowa Sports Hockey Podcast, which you should check out. 
It's a great podcast. Did really well throughout the postseason. So uh, you got to give Cuff his flowers because he, uh, he handled business throughout the postseason. Um, I was just wondering, is there anyone on this Avalanche team? And then we'll spread out to everyone else. Is there anyone on this Avalanche team, Cuff, who you were especially happy for to see win? I, I may have a guess with who you gave your, uh, your tire pump to. Uh, it's definitely Nazem Kadri for me. Uh, I don't think I gave my tire pump to him, but no, I mean, you gave it to someone else who I thought you were going to say, but I also understand why you would give it to Nazem and not Jack Johnson. Yeah. I mean, Kadri, <laughs> I, Kadri, I have some like experience with, like I covered the Leafs when he was a Leaf for a little bit and I found him to be genuinely a very good dude that cared a lot about being a Maple Leaf. Uh, and the fact that I was taken away from him was unfortunate. Uh, I get he is somewhat responsible for that, but I rest the blame more so at the Maple Leafs themselves. And the fact that he was able to take his situation, land in a great spot, honestly. Uh, It couldn't have been a better spot to go to. But to overcome what he's come from a, you know, when we're talking about suspensions and what he's he's gotten himself into, uh, the way he turned his reputation around, his redemption arc, I couldn't be happier for him. And uh, I think he's celebrated accordingly. That's a really nice way to put it. Omar, who are you happiest for uh, to see win the Stanley Cup? Is it McKinnon or someone else? And then we'll get um, to Sam. McKinnon is definitely up there. I I have a soft spot for players who have been on a team for so long when they were bad and were still on the team when they were good and is able to win with them. So, like, Eric Johnson, like, being on the team and, and again being the second one to raise the cup was so cool you know seeing him and mckinnon i'm pretty sure it was mckinnon he was hugging um after uh, yes. after the final buzzer like that was just so those so cool and so wholesome so it's like it, it, it i think it's moments like that that's really really show that like careers are long man and you can be on a bad team for a long time you can be on a good team for a long time you can be in different situations traded whatever but like it could still take until like the end the final years of your career to actually you know, raise the cup as a champion. And I, I, I'm a sucker for those moments. So like seeing Eric Johnson raise it was, was solid for me. There are a lot of people to choose from. Cause I think one of the things about this avalanche team is like, it's a genuinely likable team. A uh, lot of really likable guys and their social media team did a great job over the last few years of selling their personalities to their yeah. fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to narrow it down, but definitely the two who have been named Kadri just for all of the reasons that Kat said, um, and also just for the legendary response of you can kiss my ass. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, yes. I, I really loved seeing Gabriel Landeskog handed to Eric Johnson. I think those two, you know, it's well documented that they're like best friends. They were roommates. Um, they're all over each other's Instagrams. Like it's a, I think Eric Johnson has a horse named after Gabriel Landeskog. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, so it's, it was, that was a great moment. That's probably one of my favorite moments is those two. Did anyone, did anyone see the side-by-side of um, I think Eric Johnson, Nathan McKinnon on the ice and someone put up the photo of the couple from uh, <laughs> yeah. the Vancouver riots in 2011. Is that Very not good. a work of art? It is a work of art. I didn't know I loved Eric Johnson until last night. Uh, like I was yeah. like genuinely like, wow, I'm really happy for this guy who I really don't have any, like who he was as a person, really no idea. It seems before last night, but I found myself pretty happy for him just being inter- introduced to him, which was pretty cool as well. 
I remember being in university and this one good friend of mine, uh, we were both at the, the link newspaper at Concord at the same time. We would have debates in our sports office all the time about Eric Johnson being a number one defenseman. And I would love to rag on him at the fact that, you know, Eric Johnson, as good as he was, was not a true number one defenseman. And uh, my friend feels pretty good about him now. And of course the Colorado Avalanche, I feel so happy for that franchise. You're right. Like I of all the, like there are franchises, teams you you know yes even if you're in media whatever you don't really have any biases towards or anything like that but there are teams where you just kind of look at you like man like these fan this fan base makes it annoying or you know a lot of people just kind of hate them i can't really think of anything bad with the colorado avalanche yes they they were crap a couple of years ago but i can't think of them as like a like a team that's like you know done me wrong or anything like that or or a team that's just bad like i like some of my earliest hockey memories are, are seeing joe sackick win a stanley cup and, and raymond bork and, and gary thorne calling it all like if this is a genuinely cool stanley cup win like i i imagine a lot of hockey fans like, unless you happen to live outside of denver and you don't like denver if you maybe you're in detroit or if you're in tampa bay you don't like this but like between kale mccarr winning uh, Nathan McKinnon getting the job done, Gabriel Landeskog, Darcy Kemper found a way to go up against Andre Vasilevsky and win that matchup when it looked as if he wasn't going to be the best goalie in that series. You could still make the argument that he wasn't, but he still did enough to win. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen, uh, so many other pieces on that Colorado Avalanche team on top Owen of Byron. Owen Byron oh, yes. wasn't yeah. going to play hockey six months yeah. ago. We didn't know that. And, and he ends up being a crucial part of that team. And throughout all of that, they had all these other injuries that kept guys like Sam Girard out of the lineup and they still won. Like this yeah. is a genuinely cool story. Like if we're following stories and we want to see the quote unquote good guy win, I think we got our wish here. Yeah. And then I think when it comes to just the aspect of like growing a game or like just like seeing a team win and then kind of wanting that, wanting that to reflect on your own team. Like if you're a fan of like high paced skilled hockey, like, this has to be a win for you because again, we, we all, it happens all the time. The, the team wins the cup and all the GMs like, okay, cool. What do they have? Okay. We have to do that. We have to do that. We have to do that. And, you know, I think there's a reason why we're all hyped for this series that, you know, ahead of time, they literally two of the best teams in the league go going at it and seeing Colorado, like play their game again, games one and two were were probably my favorite of the series. And, you know, I like, I think I like the closest of game six, but it's like, overall, it's just like, I I'm, I'm, so, I'm very, very, very happy for a team that was able to exercise their demons in the playoffs and then win a championship. Kyle, you hope <laughs> Kyle. Anyway, can, can I that, just throw out something here? Yeah. I mentioned this uh, at the end of the YSHP. I really think the Toronto Maple Leafs should trade for Corey Perry. No. No. Why, you want to give him, like, four straight? No. Four I mean, look, straight could losses? You have, I mean, but that's at the same time. If you're a Leafs fan, you'll take it. Um, yes. You will. But but no. <laughs> you will. <laughs> yes, but no. I've been on record saying that if the Leafs ever made the final, they have to win. I will not survive a loss. I, I, I will not. I will be, I will be in, in, a, in a cage. Despite the fact that that means, actually, wait, if they make the final, that means they won three series. So that's what I'm saying. That's exactly why you'll, I think you'll, you should you'll get be Corey fine. Parrott. Be you will be more than fine. You'll come yeah. back and be like, hey, the Leafs are good. They could come back and win the Stanley Cup the very yeah. next year. Y'all better Corey, take those yeah. three series wins. <laughs> yeah. Corey Perry might not be fine, though, if he, if he yeah. loses again. Uh, I don't know how he'll react to that. I, 
I, I know I'm on the my in the minority, but my heart breaks for the guy. Like that's that's tough. That is really excruciating to go through three three straight playoffs, not win once. Uh, that's tough. Like I said before, um, he has a Stanley Cup ring in 2007 with the Ducks. I feel less bad. Early though, early. He has a ring. Yeah. He has a ring on a really good Ducks team too. Like. And he has international success. I, I, I don't. There are people who have played in this league who have like nothing. I had to no spend respect. all morning seeing people be like, "Students don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because they don't have a ring." That's we what I spent my to morning the doing. We will so, get to the Sadines and everyone Craig else who got to the Hockey Hall of Fame because I want to touch off on that because that was announced just before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get to a few more Stanley Cup stuff. We'll wrap that up in a tiny little bow, and then we'll get to Hockey Hall of Fame stuff. We did mention Nazem Kadri and uh, the quote that he put up, uh, basically telling everybody to kiss his ass. <laughs> I have a take here. I know how everybody enjoyed Nikita Kucherov going shirtless and going off with the beer last year. I like that moment. I think Nazem Kadri had a better moment. And he said fewer words. He made the point, and I love it. And I felt that's the best post-Stanley Cup mic drop moment we may have ever seen, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. For a winning side, because you could say for a losing side, Lindy Ruff might have it. But <laughs> for a winner, Nasu Kadri has it. Yeah, I think the, the, the best thing about the quote is that it's a, it's a you-know-who-you-are quote. You know what I mean? Like, he, did, he didn't have to name people and, and this isn't to say that he was specifically talking about like dubis or shanahan or like media or whatever it, it was it was not it was specifically bro- yeah not specific it was a broad enough it was a broad quote but at the same time it was also very pointed because even and and again this isn't only toronto media because again kadri got suspended last year too and the same conversation was going up oh there we go again now he's doing the same thing in in denver he's costing the playoffs so they'll never do anything so like like let, let's not get it twisted and think that it was only a, a toronto media thing yes they we you know it was a big contribution absolutely but those takes were coming up last year as well so i think that that quote was for anyone who ever believed or ever, ever thought that you couldn't like win or couldn't get anything done with cadre in the playoffs that quote was for you now there's a lot of revisionist history going on because, you yes. know, and, and, and again, you know, Cuthbert uh, touched on it earlier. The situation was, was what it was. And at the time, the Leafs were in a, were in a very damned if they do damned if they don't situation. Now, wouldn't have been, would have been you know good to have, have a better trade. Yeah. That would have been better. But at the time there was kind of like a crossroads where it's either get flamed for trading Kadri or get flamed for not trading Kadri. So, like, at the time, the trade made sense. And I will still say that at the time, the trade made sense. It sucks that it didn't work out. Happy for him that he ended up going to a going to a, a team that was able to, to use him well and he was able to excel on. But, like, the revisionist history that I'm kind of seeing is a, is a little irritating because, again, the trade did make sense. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it, it's one of the greatest mic drops I've ever seen on live television. Like, I laughed openly like when he said that and just like <laughs> the pure joy from him afterwards yeah like it was it was it, it was, was the grin on his face that really took the quote over the top um mm. and i'm with you i i liked that it was broad because i actually didn't even think about the leafs or leafs media yeah. i was thinking like he's a guy who even this year has doesn't get suspended and every single comment throughout the playoffs that i saw was well it's only a matter of time before he gets suspended and mm. so for him to make it all the way through 
didn't, didn't do anything remotely suspendable this year. Didn't do anything like, you know, and to win the cup, I thought that was the perfect redemption arc. Um, and I, I loved it because he's, you know, like, yeah, has he made some dirty hits in the past? Yes. I'm not excusing him for doing those things, but like we've talked about before, his reputation for doing those things is a lot worse than a lot of other similar players for all of the reasons we've talked about before, namely that he's a player of color. And so for him to go to like run this redemption story all the way back by himself, I loved it. I love the quote because I completely bit in the moment. I completely bit on it. I thought he was like going to be very kind and gracious and he was going to thank everyone from, I mean, I think they were talking about, they were talking about people from Toronto support from his hometown and around his hometown. I thought he was going to genuinely just say the nicest thing possible. (laughs) And then he went stone faced and then delivered that line and then laughed his ass off. It was (laughs) a perfect turn. It was like Conor McGregor's best moment on the mic after a fight. He just completely, I completely fell for it. It was awesome. I applaud him for it. He had a lot of time to think about it. And uh, I think he executed it perfectly. Could you imagine if 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 Nazim Kadri was just like I absolutely I will apologize to absolutely, absolutely nobody. No one. <laughs> it was very close to that. It was very close to that. Oh man. Um. So moving on from the ice to the eventual Cup parade, um, who will be the most lit at the Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup parade? Who do you think it'll be? Larry Nutrishkin. Huh. Really. Interesting. Did you see Why his Instagram post last night? No. What? What? What were we missing? Oh, I did see that. I gotta show it to you. Yeah, you gotta. You got. You gotta describe. You also gotta describe it for yeah. our audio listeners who are uh, very faithful. Listen to the podcast every week for the people who listen uh, over audio. However, many of you, uh, we we appreciate every listener and viewer we get. Not to spoil the surprise, but I believe it was a naked Nikushkin with a Whoa. championship, championship belt. belt covering yeah. the. Yeah. So yeah. we'll pull that up. Um, yeah. Wow! I think Kadri is <laughs> going to be in the running. I think Bowen Byram is going to be in the running. Yes, I think he mm-hmm. was into it. Um, but there's a lot of good candidates. There we oh go. my <laughs> god! Let's go! Oh my god! <laughs> That's good awesome, Lord. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you have, good on good on Big Fat. You have to think McKinnon's going to be up there too, because like, th- man, think of all the jokes about McKinnon's like his routine and his diet and stuff, like. Do you think at, at this now would be the time to just cut loose? I finally did it. Like I think like that that's another person I think you can probably like talk about being the most excited. Like he was like jumping around screaming when Landis Cog was about to go get the puck, uh, get the cup. He pushed him. Like I could see, I could see him, I could see him uh, letting loose a little bit too. And I think I forgot who had the quote, but um, McKinnon said something along the lines of I'm not, I'm just uh, paraphrasing here that like you know at Crosby's um cup uh, cup parties. I think he would get the most drunk or whatever. Yes. So like, so now it'd be interesting to see, see the kind of the, the kind of the reversal. So like, yeah, McKinnon, man, like, like let, let loose. This is, this is your time. This is your time. Like, like go off. Like, that'd be funny. I'd be funny if he's the one who has like the, who has like the, the kind of like the, the, the not really that's the slur, but I guess like the, the funny speech at the parade. Like who was it for sure? Um, oh my God. Like Corey Crawford. Like when, like when he, uh, like he went, when he went off on stage, like it'd be funny to see McKinnon. I kind of let loose a little bit there. I want to see McKinnon eat like quinoa out the Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh, that's gonna happen. Or like chickpea pasta yeah. or whatever. Like he just Something, continues yeah. to maintain his diet. 
while yeah. you know in, eating out of the most illustrious <laughs> trophy in pro sports didn't he say he was he's like i might get fat as shit or something like yeah, that, that yeah so we might get shake shack you're right yeah. embrace it embrace it yes man I think Look, Bowen I, Byram, or not Bowen Byram, Kale McCarr's party is going to be like the most wholesome, nice thing ever. It's going to oh be, I, I like, I want to, I want to see that for how like, that, like nice and respectful it's going to be versus like the most <laughs> extreme party. Like I, I feel like the spectrum is going to be so wide between uh, what we see with the, uh, the Stanley Cup days or what we don't see, I guess. Yeah. You're going to be like, see photos of his house. There's going to be like charcuterie boards everywhere. <laughs> I mean, nothing oh. wrong with charcuterie boards, but they are wholesome. No. Um, uh, so what about the Tampa Bay Lightning here, man? Like, I know that they lost, but I don't think there's that much shame in them losing, man. Like, three consecutive Stanley Cup final appearances. Uh, they were this close to making a dynasty. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily done. I think it'll be very tough for them to get back to the Stanley Cup final because of how tough it is for losing teams. But they are a very good Eastern Conference team, and Omar has his hand up, and he's not going to let that go. So I'm just going to let him you go. Started. I know. So just, just, just go ahead, brother. Can I just go give ahead. like three minutes? Okay. <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> Lord, just three minutes. Fine. Okay. Before, no one right. has ever asked for three minutes before, before we That's get very in, specific. Before we get yes, just before we get in, into Julian's question. Your and timer topic, is on I think it's, now. It's, 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 thank you. It's, it's a very important one. I. I don't know if I want to say embarrassed or if it was funny or I don't know, man, but the amount of whining that I saw on, on Twitter yesterday. Oh, the ref screwed the lightning. Oh, the, the league needs to investigate the officiating. What? What? Like, are you like, well, we're talking about like the, the same playoffs, the same playoffs that only had three suspensions, the same playoffs where Ryan McDonough, sent someone into flipping Narnia through the boards and only got two minutes. Like, like, so, so it's like, and and the thing is, is like, it'd be one thing. It feels just like a couple people. I on mass on mass, the, the complaints about officiating. And it's like, Hey, officiating is not perfect. And you know, and you know why I know officiating isn't, isn't perfect. And here's another thing. Uh, you know what? We should get over officiating and, and, you know, things just happen in hockey games and that's just the way it goes. That's just playoff hockey. You know what? I, that I is know the that way that turn- things go. Yeah, that's the way. And you, and you know why I know that Julian, you know, why I know that you know, because, because lightning fans were telling that to Leafs fans for the entirety of the first round. Anytime you complain <laughs> about officiating, Oh, you know, this is the playoffs. That's what happens. That's what happens. So, so, so now that the, that, that the shoes on the other foot now, now it's a problem. Now, now it's a problem. Okay. You know what? You know what? David Camp should have apologized. David Camp should apologize when he high sticked someone in the shoulder and got high sticking for it. Because then, the, because then, oh no, 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 because you know what? Because Steven Stamkos can fire a puck at a ref and apologize. It's fine. It's fine. I, fine. I, I you know gotta what? say, like, was that three minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like under three minutes. I'm actually really <laughs> impressed. That was impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah, just going to say, look, if we couldn't investigate, the officiating in 2011 when Colin Campbell's kid literally played on one of the teams while he was, well, he took a step back. I'm sure he did. Um, I don't think you can investigate anything thereafter, but on top of that, on top of your point, it wasn't just on Twitter. It wasn't just the whining that you saw from fans, which like, fair enough. I think every fan base does it. You whine when the calls go against you. 
it was the whining from the team. Like up until this season, I enjoyed Tampa. I did not care that they circumvented the cab. Like, you know what? You want to take advantage of the rules, go for it. I enjoyed watching them play. But this postseason, more than any postseason before, it was like somebody somebody said last week, John Cooper's like allergic to giving credit to other teams. That consistently did that. It was Stamkos just complaining nonstop, like the whining from the team, Pat Maroon losing his shit because Belmar fell during that play. Like all of it together was just so ridiculous. It was so Don't over forget the top. Kucherov on the bench in like with like 20 something seconds that was left. Wild. Yeah. Like was checking that? His glo- yeah. Yeah. It I was, don't know what that was. Cuth nailed it. Cuth had this Cuth's tweet last night, I thought was perfect. Yeah, I mean, while they were losing, they didn't know how to lose. Yep. And clearly it's been, you know, it's been very rare for them to lose 11 straight victories. They didn't really know how to handle it. And honestly, I think that's why they lost game six. Once they gave up the lead, they just they just lost it. Like everything they did over the next five minutes was, uh, you know, self-destructive. And they couldn't get themselves back into the game. I will give them credit, though. The whining and all that stuff stopped once the result was in hand. Uh, and I think John Cooper did redeem himself to a certain extent with what he said in the post game. And I think the players were fine. Like I, I think once they got when they were in the heat of battle, when it was very emotional, they were extremely emotional and it wasn't the greatest look. I think they're, we talked about them being villains uh, earlier today, Julian. And I think yes, they're going to become more and more of that. If they continue to be a very competitive team, partly because of what we saw, but after they lost, I think it was fine while they were losing wasn't so impressive yeah that's it man i i I think the tampa bay lightning the way they went about this series this firmly implants them as the villain of the national hockey league and you need villains in sport and it's fine that tampa bay is that villain yeah i I want to clarify i'm not i'm not saying they shouldn't do it i thought it was highly entertaining that they were behaving the way they were behaving for sure that was like it was good versus evil at a a certain point like it that's I'm not a movie guy, but I know movies are based on that sort of thing. That's entertaining. People like that. And it was a great Stanley Cup final, partly for that reason. Yeah, we, we got we to gotta make sure Cuff is up on some of these movies here. He made a Batman uh, Dark Knight reference in the Iowa Sports Hockey podcast. I have and... my lane now, baby. It's uh, preteen musicals. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> this... Let's be careful about how you word that. Um, but, yeah, like, I, think, I, I think with Raising. the lightning... Yes, exactly. The way that the Lightning went about that series, like I can totally understand why some, like even a neutral or someone who was all, you know, gung ho on saying, hey, those guys cheated for going however million over the cap. If they really just had this like bred up hatred for this team now because of how they handled the OT call and, and Kutrov throwing his stuff at the bench, like they, 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 they look like villains. They look like, like, remember the Incredibles, Omar? With um, was was the name of the of the young superhero that like Buddy turns into Syndrome? Yeah, like yep. like nobody was really messing with him, and then he mm-hmm. got real successful, and then he turned into a real asshole. Now, yep. I'm not saying the Lightning were assholes, but the the come up is very similar. If you're in a position ah. where everyone was roasting you at one point, remember in 2019 everybody was roasting them. Then mm-hmm. you get to a point where you start winning, you start doing really well, and you turn to a real jerk about winning, and you yep. do not like to lose. That's basically what the Tampa Bay Lightning has become. Yeah, and Dark Knight. Either you die a hero or you, you live, live long, long, enough, enough. long enough to see yourself become the villain. And 
yeah, I mean, listen, does does Tampa losing losing this time like take away from their like dynasty aspect? No. I I, I think I think they can be right back at it next year. Do you Why? think it's a dynasty? Uh, I mean, I do. Di- uh, I mean, I know you do. Easy. I know you do. Uh, I it's 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 the it's the the time between the two cups that I think makes it makes it incredible. And also the the nature the, the nature of the 2020 cup win and the fact that it was a bubble and I know a lot of people like say like oh it was, it was, it was Astro cup because of the bubble I, I will still say that was the hardest cup to win because again you're you're 100%. taking people coming off like when you're going to the playoffs usually people are going like 60% 70% they have this injury that injury that injury there was a huge break that was probably the healthiest playoffs like that we've gotten in like the longest time if not ever so that was a difficult cup to win um so, so yeah, like, honestly, like like you know, Tampa, like them losing, I don't think takes away from anything. And again, I think they'll be right back at it next year because of Andre Vasilevsky. Andre Vasilevsky will carry this team, not not carry this team. Obviously, they have superstars. I mean, the fact that Braden Point barely played in this in this series or in this playoffs and in general sense, like you know, isn't another factor as well. But like, you know, Tampa Tampa will do what they always do. They'll they'll you know jiggle around at the off season. They'll make a, you know some great great additions at the trade deadline, and they'll probably be right back at it. So you know, it's fine. You'll fine. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. Just you know, just the refs screw over screw over everyone. Acknowledge the fact that you benefited from some from some refereeing stuff, Islanders fans. So you know, just you know, that was that 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 was that surprised that surprised me the most. Like when like the whole offside talk, I'm like, so we just completely forgot that like what happened against Islanders. Seven players? No, we just okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's it, man. Too many men. Too many men on the ice. That was wild to see that all play out the way that it did. Like, we we were looking at footage. We were looking at clips. We were looking at tweets. We were we were we were looking at Michael Stevens's game sheet that he got that had all the different like numbers of players. What like you know, too many men on the ice. Like that was one of the wilder things to to keep track of. In, mm-hmm. in recent memory in, in in light of that and then john cooper had to go wwe on everybody saying <laughs> you guys are gonna see the footage and you'll know what's up i thought I, that was I, really annoying i was terrified that every time the whistle blew i was terrified that he would be like influencing an actual too many men call like i know what oh. happened at the end of game five but like i thought he was gonna get one like per game and i was gonna be like complete eye roll as much as i possibly could with the referees taking what he did after game four and applying it like watching it really closely like give me a break that would have been don't you i know what happened but i i thought it was gonna happen again in game six and i was just bracing for it in in the moment omar don't you have thoughts on john cooper you wanted to share maybe i'm wrong um no that was last week but i will say that i i'm really looking forward to see what the next big penalty is Every year in the preseason, they're like, oh, we're going to crack down on this. It's going to be too many men. That's it. As soon as, like, oh, one God. person touches, whoop, hand off too many men, bench minor, you're out, gone. Then October October will be a shit show, and then, then, we'll, then we'll move on. There's always something. There's always one thing that they, that they need to, like, revamp, and they say, okay, we're going to focus on this. We're going to focus on this and make it better or whatever. So that, that'll be interesting. Yeah. That we're going to get new lines on the ice, a little box that you have to skate into in order to uh, be officially off the ice. And then we're going to have video review for that. And we're going to make it the slipperiest slope ever. And hockey is going to suffer for it. No, that won't How about that because, prediction? No, that won't happen because um, Andre Vasilevsky can play the uh, play the puck outside the trapezoid. 
and not going to come you for that. Okay, guys, I don't know where all this slander towards officiating come from. Gary Bettman said the refs are the best in the world. Not slander <laughs> if it's true. Right? That's true. right. Like, That's actually true. I know, I know, we'll, I know, it'll never happen. I know it'll never happen, but like, I, it would be so cool if one day a ref was like, you know what? I know we're bad, but we're trying. I'd be like, you know what? I respect you. I respect that. That's fine. It will never happen. It'll never happen, but it'd be cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be That's funny. just more or less what Tim Peel said on the hot mic. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. That is exactly what I was going to say. The closest we're going to get is Tim Peel acknowledging that the, a makeup call is going to be made. That's as close as we'll get to that. That's so true. That is so true. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, this- you think if Tim, Tim Peel... Go ahead, Sam, before I, I make say- my point. Oh, Tim Peel for sure falls within the scope of Nazem Kadri's post-game comments. Oh, <laughs> One thousand, one milli percent, one milli percent. I was just gonna say, if Tim Peel ever said, "Hey guys, I want to be on the zone time," how would we react to Tim Peel being on zone time? Your show, man. Be fun. <laughs> it's your show, man. All right, I'm gonna leave it at that before we get into more trouble here. Uh, we'll end off with um, the uh, incoming class of uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame for 2022. Uh, Herb Carnegie going in as a builder, uh, very big, uh, the best black player to have never made the National mm-hmm. Hockey League, played with a young Jean Beliveau when he was up in Quebec. Uh, we know about some of the racism that he endured, most notably the alleged story that uh, the Leafs owner at the time, Con Smythe, we got to think about that name, by the way, Con mm-hmm. Smythe, maybe would, you know, would have wanted Herb Carnegie on, if, on his team if he was white, may or may not have even wanted to throw money at someone to make that happen that's all alleged uh if you don't know much about the story of herb carnegie and all of the work that he's done for hockey with creating schools and being named to the order of canada i hope you take the time uh to learn about herb carnegie and i hope you also have that same energy uh for rika salonen who is one of the most decorated women's players uh internationally uh, a, a two-time bronze medalist, uh, 20 years between bronze medals won, uh, one winning at the 98 games in Nagano and winning in 2018 in Pyeongchang. The oldest Finn, I believe, the oldest Finn in uh, hockey, either men or on the women's side, to win a medal at the Olympic Games, surpassing the record set uh, by Timu Solani and a bunch of medals at the world championship level and a three-time European champion. Uh, so please take the time uh, because I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the NHLers in this, uh, but mm-hmm. take the time to look up the story of Herb Carnegie and Rika Salonen. Uh, but in the meantime, Daniel Alfredson, Roberto Luongo, and the Sedin twins, those four also will be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Sam, uh, you must be happy to see this Vancouver Canucks representation as you wear your Colorado Avalanche. I'm going to say, this feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's like, now, 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 now it does feel wrong. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Now you know. It's like the entire leadership core from 10 years ago. Let me, let me just go change into my Canucks jersey. <laughs> yeah, look, we'll give you the time. But uh, in all seriousness, really awesome to see uh, those three players who also uh, played a big role in the Canucks being the Canucks over the last uh, decade or so. And I mean, 2011, maybe uh, maybe Corey Schneider should play that game seven, but I digress. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we don't need to get into that debate. Uh, but any thoughts on, on those three playing uh, and getting into the hockey all day? I think those are all deserving players. And for the number of people I saw commenting in reply that the Steens and Luongo never won anything and that they were overrated. Like you just never watched the Canucks play. That's all I've got to say to you. Like 
you never watch the Sedins play a single shift. If you still somehow think they're soft, you never watch the Sedins play a single shift. And you should probably go watch some of the footage of the Sedins play because that is some of the best hockey I have ever seen. Like the things they did were ridiculous. And if you missed out on that, that's your loss. Man. Yeah, my- absolutely. Yeah, Man. like the the Sedins, the Sedins being in the NHL, like twins playing on the same team at that level. Like, Drafted one after the other. Blew my mind. And then just like, to Sam's point, seeing what they could do, like the bank pass off the boards, like those plays, like that's that's vintage Sedin, man. So it's just like, they they were they were are and always will be like incredible ass incredible parts of like the NHL's history, and yeah, like you know seeing them in the in the Hall of Fame, like regardless of like of like st- cups and stuff, like come on, like yes, yes, cups are important for sure, but like like you don't have to win a cup to be to still be like you know a, a you know a high influencing player or a member of of the NHL and of hockey. And you know, to say, if you're gonna say that the Sedin twins aren't deserving of that, then yeah, to Sam's point, like you never watch them play because, like, again, to their point, they did a fun like the the things they did for the league, especially in the in the time where the league was trying was starting to get more and more skilled. It was just like unfounded what they were doing. So like, I'm you know, extremely psyched for them to make it. And the long goes hilarious. Did anyone see his tweet? It's like best line, best line in hockey. <laughs> long goes. Hilarious. So yeah. <laughs> The other thing to that point about the Stanley Cup thing that bothers me is it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame. It's yes. the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes. yes People sir. go in who did not play in the NHL. And it's also one of the reasons that it bothers me that women, they have a bylaw limiting every class to two women and they don't even use both spots. And I would like someone to explain to me why every class is limited to two women. Like, what is the reason behind this? for the hockey hall of Fame. that's a very valid question yeah i mean it, yeah i mean it makes absolutely no sense i don't understand i don't even understand how they can have that rule in place and you know not be have their feet held to the fire i don't know that's that's just ridiculous but um just on, on the sedines it was a hall of fame partnership do would they have stood alone as hall of famers if brian burke didn't swoop in and make sure that they played on the same team i'm not really sure but what they did together was Hall of Fame worthy. They helped transcend the game. They helped grow the game. They helped basically, you know, they're part of setting the tone for what is a more skill-focused, I wouldn't say fast because they weren't Blazers, but a skill-focused, more creative, more exciting brand of hockey that we have now. I think they played a major role in that. And I think that when they were together and when they were on, they were definitely Hall of Fame worthy. Of course, Roberto Luongo is is a definite not sure about Daniel Alfredson, but uh, I'm not too mad about it. Um, I think it's a pretty good class. And these classes are getting more and more enjoyable because there's more familiarity. I think as, as, as these players, uh, as we get older, as they get older, as we're more uh, familiar with them, which is nice. Um, But Sam's Sam's right about like, why? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I didn't even realize that they limited the uh, the two. Like, that doesn't make any sense. There's so many Limit great the women spots to play to and two, to not use them. And they don't use both. Use yeah. them. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I think the last a, two years, they actually had no women in either class. 
Okay, great. So thanks, <sighs> okay, thanks well. for clarifying the, the only two and then not using any of them. That's great. Thanks. Awesome. Only so two is the most, it's just so silly. I think that's so stupid. Uh, the one thing I'll say about the Zadines is uh, the highlight of my 17th birthday is being at a house party with a bunch of my high school friends and at the stroke of midnight uh, seeing, uh, or maybe a little bit before, but seeing the Sedines combine on one of the most awesome goals I have ever seen. Uh, the uh, the little play in the offensive zone linked to the tweener beating, a, well, I don't know, it was a net for the Calgary Flames that night. I lost my mind. That was one of the first things I remember watching as the clock turned midnight. I was like, it's my birthday. Holy crap. <laughs> I just saw the goal of the year. Uh, so yeah. thank you for all the memories of the Sedine twins because you two coming together, Daniel and Henrik, producing a lot of magic. Roberto Luongo, by the way, I know I kind of said, you know, maybe, maybe he shouldn't have started that game seven of the cup final. We need to give that man his flowers for how he played in the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. He balled out. Mm-hmm. He was incredible throughout that stretch of postseason. Look, remember the golden goal. Remember how great Jonathan Taze was. Roberto Luongo stood on his stood on his head throughout what throughout all of his appearances throughout the tournament. Remember, I think of the semifinal game against Slovakia, a very late save on Pavel Dimitra. Uh, God rest his soul and to Good keep memory. Canada in it. Hey, look like that, that stays in my head. Guerrero Luongo deserves to be in the hall of fame. Just, I mean, and if he's in the hall of fame, then imagine Carey Price's candidacy, but that's going to be a whole other discussion for a whole other day. But Roberto Luongo happy for those three, Daniel Alfredson. I want to talk about Daniel Alfredson. are a part of one of the best lines in hockey with Jason Spezza and, 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 and Danny Heatley. Uh, a guy who helped make the Ottawa Senators as relevant as he was. Every time I think of Danny Heatley, I think NHL All-Star Danny Heatley. Um, Daniel Alfredson basically made the Ottawa Senators relevant as long as he was there. Uh, also, another person who has achieved international success uh, with Team Sweden. Remember that 2006 Olympics no one likes to talk about because of how bad Canada did? Yeah, well, Daniel Alfredson was one of the many winners for Team Sweden that year in Torino. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with him being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I thought it was really cool to see everybody step up and say, hey, Daniel Alfredson deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, A really productive player, a guy who embodied the franchise of the Ottawa Senators. And I think you need guys who uh, are the embodiment of their franchise and are statistically like really good, even if they don't necessarily have an overload of accolades to show for it. I think it's a nice, it's a cool gesture to see him in the hockey hall of fame. I don't have any problem with it. Yeah, I guess I don't have a problem with it either. Um, now bias here as a Leafs fan, I spent many a year being lit up by Daniel Alfredson. So, you know, <laughs> and then he you also lit up Daniel Alfredson too. You guys push back. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the days back when, Back when the Leafs were the team that should have lost, but they won. Good times. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that you know the 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 games played, you know, the the point totals. I think I think you know to Julian's point, it's the I think it's the the effect on the league. You know, we talk about like you know the Sedin twins, what they had and what their effect they had on Vancouver. Again, I know a lot of people who like started watching like hockey because of that cup run. Um, again, centered around the Sedins and the, and the Canucks and. I think, you know, at the time, and especially growing up in Toronto, when the lease sucked, <laughs> you saw a lot of people walking, you know, in, you know, in, I had a lot of people like in my grade one and grade two classes with like Ottawa sends Alfredson stuff. 
So, you know, I, I think when it comes down to the recognition and what he did, what he did for the organization, I think how that spread across the league, you know, I, I, I don't hate it. I understand it. Definitely. I, under, I understand where, where, where the push and the pull, and I guess the support uh, came for him, came for it this time. Anyone else with general thoughts on, uh, on Daniel Alfredson before we wrap up? No, I'm just at the point now where we can like, does it feel like a hall of famer? And does he feel like a Hall of Famer to me? Maybe not quite, but again, not too mad at it. Okay, well, yeah. I don't think we're that mad about the, the names. Yeah, I, actually, I think we could live with that. It's interesting. Um, Steve Dangle had this. I don't know if he tweeted it or if he, or he said it on. Who's on, that? On, ha, ha, that's so funny. Kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he had. Uh, he said this. Oh, I don't even know when, but it's just like they're having a conversation about you know, um, is is blank is blank a hall of famer. And if you kind of have to do the whole, like, ah, I don't know, if you kind of have to think about it, then maybe they're not like a, a, a whole shoe in for it. But like, you can name like a bunch of players. just like this player. Yeah. That player. Yeah. That player. Yeah. This player, ah. you know, where we kind of have to make, make, make a case for it. So I think I understand where we're cut is coming on, coming on that point. I think if, I think if you have Daniel, Afri- uh, Daniel Afferson and hall of famer, I don't think, of a large amount of people would say like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, versus like the Sedins or even versus like Luongo, for example, or like other players like, you know, who have, you know, who have, who have, you know, gotten the honor, honor over the years, like Jerome McGinley, for example, like Jerome McGinley didn't win a cup. I knew for sure as hell he was going in the hall of fame. And if he wouldn't, I would have raged. Uh, so I, I, oh I understand, God. I understand where, dude, man, man, if, if McGinley was not in the hall of fame, yeah, I would have lost my mind. There's, there's no way, there's no way you don't yeah. put a player of Jerome McGinley's caliber in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'll say this about Alfredson. We can wrap up here, but to your point about, you know, if you have to think a lot about a guy, uh, it doesn't always reflect well on their candidacy. I'm willing to make the argument that Daniel Alfredson is someone you should at least think about. I know I mentioned a few things earlier. It's also the first European European born captain. Uh, to lead his team to the Stanley Cup final, was at least nominated for a Selkie trophy. Uh, he led Team Sweden in scoring the year they won the gold medal in 2006. Also, uh, and I didn't realize this, the first ever player to score in an NHL shootout. Yep. Him and uh, him and Danny Heatley in 0506, the first players to score in the shootout. They made history. Huh. I wonder if that'll end up on his plaque. That's a really great question. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it might never will, but uh, he could always tell everyone, I'm a Hall of Famer, and you're not. Yeah, you know what's another, like, random thought I thought about? Like, this is like, sure. a couple couple days ago, and this has nothing to do with the Hall of Fame. That is fine. You that know, is fine. Do you, know, do you know who the first team and coach was to successfully uh, have a coach's challenge and win? Pittsburgh? No. Oh, God, who is it? Uh, uh, can I have a hint? Um, leap no. related. Yeah, leap related. Yeah, that's yeah. actually. But it d- was, d- yep. Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike Jeffrey, got- Mike Jeffrey Babcock. And the coach <laughs> challenge the first year was eligible. It worked. I laughed. Good times. Probably the only yeah. for the city. Oh, anyway. So, <laughs> anyway. I say, I, I think, I think Alfredson deserves to be in but whether he deserves to be in ahead of some other people who haven't made it in yet is, yeah. is probably where i yeah is the hill i die on well, hey man like look the more the merrier like there shouldn't there's no cap on the amount of people who should be in the hall of fame mm. maybe yeah. maybe maybe every year and you That'd don't want to be standard be, though 
I agree. I agree. There should be a standard, but I do we do I really do we really think Daniel Alfredson messes up that standard? No, I don't think he does. It's no, already, it's just more like I think it's already blurred. How do the other people like how is how is McGillney not in the Hall yeah. of Fame? Alexander McGillney should be in the Hall of Fame. Like I don't know what the deal. Like is. what did he do to the selection committee? What he has the I'd stats. Have McGillney he over has Alfredson. a cup. Like like he has the stats. He has a Stanley Cup. Like. Like what? Yeah, why isn't he in? Didn't he have like a seventy-six goal season or something? Like, oh. like the numbers. Look at him in the nineties; he was insane. I was like, how come we don't talk about Alexander McGillney the same way that we do about so many other great players from that nineties era? There has like to be a story there. There has to be something going on with Alexander I, McGillney. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I changed my mm. answer. <laughs> I literally, I yeah, I think it's hilarious because like. I for I keep forgetting every year that he's not in it. You know what he's I mean? a triple I, gold club I member. Keep, I keep forgetting that he's not in it. Yeah, there's a story. I, yeah, that I wonder. I am I'm fascinated to know like something ain't right, and it's about time that we find out. But we don't have enough time to go into that because uh, we're at the end of uh, yeah. this week's edition of Zone Time. Mm-hmm. The playoffs are done. The off season is in full swing. We're not done just yet, though. We have an NHL draft coming up free agency coming up still some coaching vacancies to deal with we have a lot of fun stuff to get to before uh, we decide to take off for the summer uh but in the meantime uh thank you all so much for enjoying zone time thank you all panelists for being on this week's edition and uh enjoying the stanley cup playoffs this was really fun to watch over all these games and do these playoff episodes always a pleasure doing zone time with you guys subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll be back next week with a brand spanking new episode deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market